Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. The following program is rated U for universal audiences and is considered suitable for listeners of all ages. This is a presentation of Dream Realm Enterprises, where dreams are our reality. Dream Realm Enterprises presents Showcase Classics, an anthology of classic stories and radio theater revivals for your listening pleasure. And now for our featured presentation of Jane Eyre. Miss Abbott, she's like a mad cat. For shame. What shocking conduct, Miss Eyre. To strike a young gentleman. Your benefactress's son. Your young master. Master? How is he my master? Am I a servant? No, you are less than a servant. For you do nothing for your keep. There. Sit down and think over your wickedness. If you don't sit still, you must be tied down. Miss Abbott, lend me your garters. She would break mine directly. No, Miss Abbott. Don't take them off. I will not stir. Mind you don't. Her conduct was never like this before. But it was always in her. I've told Mrs. Orphan my opinion about the child, and Mrs. agreed with me. She's an underhand little thing. Never saw a girl of her age with so much cover. You ought to be aware, Miss that you are under obligation to Mrs. Reed. She keeps you. If she were to turn you off, you would have to go to the poorhouse. And you ought not to think yourself on an equality with the Mrs. Reed and Master Reed, because Mrs. kindly allows you to be brought up with them. They will have a great deal of money, and you will have none. It is your place to be humble and to try to make yourself agreeable to them. What we tell you is for your good. You should try to be useful and pleasant. Then perhaps you would have a home here. But if you become passionate and rude, Mrs. Reed will send you away. I am sure. Besides, God will punish her. He might strike her dead in the midst of her tantrums, and then where will she go? Come, Bessie. We will leave her. I wouldn't have her heart for anything. Say your prayers, Miss Eyre, when you are by yourself. For if you don't repent, something bad might be permitted to come down the chimney and fetch you away. Unjust! Unjust! Uncle Reed, if you are here, please, 
don't hurt me. Don't. Have you not remembered my last wish? No. Don't. Don't appear to me. Let me out! Bessie! Miss Abbott! Someone! Help me! Miss Eyre, are you ill? What a dreadful noise! It went right through me! Take me out! Let me go to the nursery! What for? Are you hurt? Have you seen something? I thought, I thought I heard a voice, and his spirit would snatch me away. She has screamed out on purpose, and what a scream. If she had been in great pain, one would have excused it, but she only wanted to bring us all here. I know her naughty tricks. What is all this? Abbott and Bessie, I believe I gave orders that Jane Eyre should be left in the Red Room till I came to her myself. Miss Jane screamed so loud, ma'am. In all my years, I've never seen a child quiver so much. See how she's caused the colour from my hand to drain. Let her go. Loose Bessie's hand, child. You cannot succeed in getting out by these means, be assured. I abhor artifice, particularly in children. It is my duty to show you that tricks will not answer... You will now stay here an hour longer, and it is only on condition of perfect submission and stillness that I shall liberate you then. Oh, Aunt, have pity. Forgive me. I cannot endure it. I... Let me be punished some other way. I, I shall be killed in... Silence! This violence is most repulsive. Bessie and Abbott? You will leave the child locked in here until I order you differently. Aunt Reed! Jane No! 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 There, she's opening her eyes. You gave me quite a fright, Miss Jane. Oh. Bessie, where am I? The nursery child. And who am I? Mr. Lloyd? You're an apothecary. I've seen you attend to the servants when they fall ill. (laughs) Right you are, Miss. Your kindly nurse here sent for me. Do you feel as if you should sleep, miss? I will try. Would you like to drink, or could you eat anything? No, thank you, Bessie. What's what's the matter with me? Am I ill? You fell sick, I suppose. In the red room, with crying. You'll be better soon, no doubt. No doubt she will, Bessie. Um, well, you've been crying, Miss Jane Eyre. Can you tell me what about? Have you any pain? No, sir. Oh, I dare say she is crying because she could not attend Miss Georgiana's piano concert. Surely not. Why, she's too old for such pettishness. I would never cry because of that. I cry because I'm miserable. Oh, miss. What made you ill in that room? She had a fall. Why, that is like a baby again. Can't she manage to walk at her age? She must be eight or nine years old. I was knocked down, but that did not make me ill. That's for you, nurse. You can go down. I'll give Miss Jane a lecture till you come back. The fall did not make you ill. 
What did then? I was shut up in a room where there is a ghost till after dark. Ghost? What? You are a baby after all. You're afraid of ghosts. Of Mr. Reed's ghost, I am. He died in that room and was laid out there. Neither Bessie nor anyone else will go into it at night if they can help it. And it was cruel to shut me up, alone, without a candle. So cruel, I think I shall never forget it. Nonsense. What is it that makes you so miserable? Are you afraid now in daylight? No, but night will come again before long. And besides, I am unhappy, very unhappy, for other things. What other things? Can you tell me some of them? For one thing, I have no father or mother, brothers or sisters. You have a kind aunt and cousins. But John Reed knocked me down, and my aunt shut me in the red room. Don't you think Gateshead Hall a very beautiful house? Are you not very thankful to have such a fine place to live at? This is not my house, sir. And Miss Abbott says I have less right to be here than a servant. If I had somewhere else to go, I should be glad to leave it. But I can never get away from Gateshead till I'm a woman. Perhaps you may. Who knows? <laughs> have you any relations besides Mrs. Reed? I think not, sir. I asked Aunt Reed once, and she said... Possibly I might have some poor, low relations called heir, but she knew nothing of them. Would you like to go to school? I should indeed like to go to school. Well, well, who knows what may happen? Child ought to have a change of air and scene. Her nerves are not in a good state. I hope you weren't very harsh with her, sir. No, indeed, Bessie. The child has given me much to think on. Is that your mistress's carriage outside? Yes, sir. I should like to speak to her before I go. Take care, Miss Eyre. Bessie, what did Mr. Lloyd speak to my Aunt Reed about? It's not for me to say, Miss Jane. Now, close your eyes and rest a while. Asleep, miss. Yes. And mind you keep your voice low, so as not to disturb the poor mite. The missus was, she dared say, glad enough to get rid of such a tiresome, ill-conditioned child. Always looked as if she were watching everybody and scheming plots underhand. Get rid of? Ah, then you did hear of Mrs. Reed conversing with Mr. Lloyd. I did, miss. And if you'll pardon me saying so, the missus ought to have rid herself of the child long before the master of Gateshead took sick and died. What causes you to say such a thing? Jane is a passionate child, but I don't believe her to be some ill-possessed demon. Oh, don't you, miss? For a woman who has occupied this house in servitude far longer than I, you turned your eyes and ears away from the ongoings of it. The missus did confide in me once. About Miss Jane? I can't say I blame the missus for disliking the child. The girl's mother had the nerve to marry beneath her. A poor clergyman of all people. And she was cast out of the family? Without a shilling. The two of them were an insensitive pair who died shortly before that difficult child was born. 
It was the master who took a fancy to her despite the missus's objections. One must pity the good missus's children, having to share what they have with this poor, ill-spirited girl. Poor Miss Jane is to be pitied too, Abbott. If she were a nice, pretty child, one might compassionate her forlornness. But one really cannot care for such a little toad as that. Not a great deal, to be sure. At any rate, a beauty like Miss Georgiana would be more moving in the same condition. Yes, I dote on Miss Georgiana. Little darling with her long curls and her blue eyes, and such a sweet colour she has, just as if she were painted. Bessie, I could fancy a Welsh rabbit for supper. So could I. Come, we'll go down. Nasty Jane is inside. Remember what Mama said. We mustn't speak of her today. And you better remember it too, John. She is not worthy of notice, and we mustn't associate with her. None of you are fit to associate with me. Children, what did I say about communicating with Jane? But we weren't, Mama. That isn't true. Children, go back to your rooms. We will have another discussion later. As for you, Jane... What would Uncle Reed say to you, if he were alive? What? My Uncle Reed is in heaven, and can see all you do, and all you think. And so can Papa, and so can Mama. They know how you shut me up all day long, how you wish me dead. You most disagreeable child. Do you not think your uncle can also see all you think and do? I will stand here no longer listening to your odious lies. From this night onward, you are to stay locked in this room under Bessie's care and guidance. You will not leave until I send for you. Perhaps this will help you temper your dispassionate soul. Miss Jane, take off your pinafore. What are you doing there? Have you washed your hands and face this morning? No, Bessie. I've only just finished dusting. Well, get on with it, child. Wash your face and hands and make yourself presentable. Mrs Reed is asking to see you in the drawing room. She is? It's been weeks, Bessie, since that night. Don't fuss so. Hurry on now. You mustn't keep them waiting. Them? Who could want me? This is the little girl in question whom I apply to you. Her size is small. What is her age? Ten years. So much? Your name, little girl? Jane Eyre, sir. Well, Jane Eyre, are you a good child? Perhaps the less said on that subject, the better, Mr. Brocklehurst. Sorry indeed to hear it. She and I must have some talk. Come here. No sight so sad as that of a naughty child, especially a naughty little girl. Do you know where the wicked go after death? They go to hell. And what is hell? Can you tell me that? A pit. 
full of fire. And should you like to fall into that pit and be burning there forever? No, sir. And what must you do to avoid it? I must keep in good health and not die. How can you keep in good health? Children younger than you die daily. I buried a little child of five years old only a day or two since. A good little child whose soul is now in heaven. It is to be fair the same could not be said of you were you to be called hence. I hope that sigh is from the heart, and that you repent of ever having been the occasion of discomfort to your excellent benefactress. Do you say your prayers night and morning? Yes, sir. Do you read your Bible? Sometimes. With pleasure? Are you fond of it? I like Revelations and the book of Daniel, uh, and Genesis, Samuel, a little bit of Exodus, some parts of Kings, Chronicles, Job, uh, and Jonah. And the Psalms? I hope you like them. No, sir. No? Oh, shocking! I have a little boy younger than you who knows six Psalms by heart. And when you ask him which he would rather have, a gingerbread nut to eat, or a verse of a psalm to learn, he says, Oh, a verse of a psalm. Angels sing psalms, says he. I wish to be a little angel here below. He then gets two nuts in recompense for his infant piety. Psalms are not interesting. That proves you have a wicked heart, and you must pray to God to change it, to give you a new and clean one, to take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Sit down, Jane. Mr. Brocklehurst, I believe I intimated in the letter which I wrote to you three weeks ago that this little girl has not quite the character and disposition I could wish. Should you admit her into Lowood School, I should be glad if the superintendent and teachers were requested to keep a strict eye on her and, above all, to guard against her worst fault, a tendency to deceit. I mention this in your hearing, Jane, that you may not attempt to impose on Mr. Brocklehurst. Deceit is indeed a sad fault in a child. It is akin to falsehood, and all liars will have their portion in the lake burning with fire and brimstone. She shall, however, be watched, Mrs. Reed. I will speak to Miss Temple and the teachers. I should wish her to be brought up in a manner suiting her prospects, to be made useful, to be kept humble, as for the vacations, she will, with your permission, spend them always at Lowood. Your decisions are perfectly judicious, madame. Humility is a Christian grace and one particularly appropriate to the pupils of Lowood. I therefore direct that a special care shall be bestowed on its cultivation amongst them. I have studied how best to mortify in them the worldly sentiment of pride. And only the other day I had a pleasing proof of my success. My second daughter, Augusta, went with her mama to visit the school, and on her return she exclaimed, Oh, dear Papa, how quiet and plain all the girls at Low would look, with their hair combed behind their ears and the long pinafores, and those little holland pockets outside their frocks. They are almost like poor people's children. Then she said, They look at my dress and mama's as if they'd never seen a silk gown before. This is the state of things I quite approve. Had I sought all England over, I could scarcely have found a system more exactly fitting a child like Jane Eyre. Consistency, my dear Mr. Brocklehurst. I advocate consistency in all things. Consistency, madame, is the first of Christian duties, and it has been observed in every arrangement connected with the establishment of Lowood. 
plain fare, simple attire, unsophisticated accommodations, hardy and active work habits, such as the order of the day in the house and its inhabitants. Quite right, sir. I may then depend upon this child being received as a pupil at Lowood, and there being trained in conformity to her position and prospects? Madame, you may. She shall be placed in that nursery of chosen plants, and I trust that she will show herself grateful for the inestimable privilege of her election. I will send her then as soon as possible, Mr. Brocklehurst, for I assure you, I feel anxious to be relieved of a responsibility that was becoming too irksome. No doubt, no, no doubt, madame. And now I wish you good morning. I shall send Miss Temple notice that she is to expect a new girl, so that there will be no difficulty about receiving her. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Brocklehurst. Remember me to Mrs. and Miss Brocklehurst, and to Augusta and Theodore, and Master Broughton Brocklehurst. I will, madame. Little girl, here is a book entitled The Child's Guide. Read it with prayer, especially that part containing an account of the awfully sudden death of Martha G., a naughty child addicted to falsehood and deceit. Go out of the room. Return to the nursery. I am not deceitful. If I were, I should say I loved you. But I declare I do not love you. I dislike you the worst of anybody in the world except John Reed. And this book about the liar. You may give it to your girl Georgiana. For it is she who tells lies. Not I. What more have you to say? I am glad you are no relation of mine. I will never call you aunt again, as long as I live. I will never come to see you when I am grown up. And if anyone asks me how I liked you, how you treated me. I will say the very thought of you makes me sick, and that you treated me with miserable cruelty. How dare you affirm that, Jane Eyre? How dare I, Miss Reed? How dare I? Because it is the truth. You think I have no feelings, that I can do without one bit of love or kindness, but I cannot live so, and you have no pity. I shall remember how you thrust me back roughly and violently thrust me back into that red room. Lock me up there, to my dying day, though I was in agony, though I cried out with suffocating distress. Have mercy. Have mercy on me. And that punishment you made me suffer because your wicked boy struck me, knocked me down for nothing. I will tell everybody who asks me questions this exact tale. People think you a good woman, but you're bad, hard-hearted. You are deceitful. Jane, you are under a mistake. What is the matter with you? Why do you tremble so violently? Would you like to drink some water? <laughs> no, Miss Reed. Is there anything else you wish for, Jane? I assure you, I desire to be your friend. Not you. You told Mr. Brocklehurst I had a bad character, a deceitful disposition. And I'll let everybody at Lowood know what you are. 
what you've done. Jane, you don't understand these things. Children must be corrected for their faults. Deceit is not my fault. But you are passionate, Jane. That you must allow. And now, return to the nursery, there's a dear, and lie down a little. I am not your dear. I cannot lie down. Send me to school soon, Miss Reed. For I hate to live here. I will indeed send her to school soon. You have everything you need, Miss Eyre? Yes, Robert. Very good, then. We should be getting along. Lowood is a long way off. Jane Eyre, you naughty little thing. Riding off into the dawn without so much as a by your leave. Bessie, you mustn't scold me. You're going to school, then? I am. And won't you be sorry to leave poor Bessie? What does Bessie care for me? She's always scolding me. And so you're glad to leave me? Not at all, Bessie. Indeed, just now I'm rather sorry. Just now? And rather? How coolly my little lady says it. I dare say if I were to ask you for a kiss, you wouldn't give it me. You'd say you'd rather not. I'll kiss you and welcome. Bend your head down. Did you go and bid Mrs. Reed goodbye? No, Bessie. She came to my room last night when you had gone down to supper. Said I need not disturb her in the morning, or my cousins either. She told me to remember that she had always been my best friend. To speak of her, to be grateful to her accordingly. What did you say, miss? Nothing. I covered my face with the bedclothes, turned from her to the wall. That was wrong, Miss Jane. It was quite right, Bessie. Your missus has not been my friend, she has been my foe. Oh, Miss Jane, don't say so. Miss Eyre, we should be off. Is she going by herself? Yes. And how far is it? Fifty miles. What a long way. I wonder Mrs. Reed is not afraid to trust her so far alone. Goodbye, Bessie. Goodbye, Jane. Be sure and take good care of her. Aye. Take care of yourself. Be bold. You've been listening to part one of Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte and adapted as an audio drama by Rachel Pulliam. Our cast, in order of appearance, include Bruce Busby as announcer, Lexi DeSoller as Bessie, Marisha Tapera as Martha Ebbett, Colette Feehan as Young Jane, John Lingard as Uncle Reed, Margaret Ashley as Mrs. Reed, Jerry Kokich as Mr. Lloyd, Gabe Harris as John Reed, Emily Smith as Eliza Reed, Rory L. as Georgiana Reed, Glenn Haskell as Mr. Brocklehurst, and Pete Lutz as Robert Levin. Jane Eyre was directed and produced for Dream Realm Enterprises Showcase Classics by Rachel Pulliam. All sound effects were provided by freesound.org with original music composed by Ross Bernhardt. The Showcase Classics theme was composed by Tom Rory Parsons. This is Bruce Busby, and I hope you'll join us next time for Part 2 of Jane Eyre.
Coming soon to Showcase Classics. Of course it is the new pupil. Teachers, you must watch her. Keep your eyes on her movements. Weigh well her words. Scrutinize her actions. My tongue falters while I tell it. This girl, this child, is a liar. Why do you stay with a girl whom everyone believes to be a liar? Everybody, Jane. Why, there are only 80 people who have heard you called so, and the world contains hundreds of millions. But what do I have to do with millions? The 80, I know, despise me. Mr. Brocklehurst is not a god, nor is he even a great and admired man. He is little liked here. He never took steps to make himself liked. Teachers and pupils may look coldly on you for a day or two, but friendly feelings are concealed in their hearts. Besides, if all the world hated you and believed you wicked, while your own conscience approved you and absolved you from guilt, you would not be without friends. Showcase Classics is produced and directed for Dream Realm Enterprises by Rachel Pulliam. This program is copyright 2021, all rights reserved, and is brought to you by Dream Realm Enterprises, warping to new dimensions. Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee Feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic and live radio drama. So yeah, either the main Mutual Audio Network feed for all types and genres of audio drama, or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.